Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How good it is to be with you. We had encores the last two days. We try to get back on the program Monday, and mechanically everything went wrong. We're so glad to be with you. God bless you. And for those who are listening live, um, the beginning Monday morning, we had a switch to an encore. Um, I wanted to say how wonderful it was, and I did say then, I'll say it again now, how wonderful it was to meet so many of you at the 45th anniversary gala of LifeSite News in uh, Naples, Florida. It was truly, a truly, truly a joy for me, and to meet uh, even more of the LifeSite News staff, and as John Henry Weston said in his in his talk, um, they the staff only sees each other once a year when they get together. <clears throat> this gala happens every five years, and Steve Jalsak, the co-founder, said that this is the third one they've had. But the LifeSite staff is all over the world, so they only see each other once a year. So it was a thrill for them to get together. The Station of the Cross, Jim and Joanna Wright. Um, were there and it was wonderful to to see them and be with them and uh, about 700 people with Jim Caviezel as the main speaker and Father Altman and um, so many it was so so wonderful a a true heart uh, lifting situation Um, and a a wonderful wonderful conference so bless all of you who came um, and I love you and the Station of the Cross loves you, and LiveSite News loves you, um, and our Lord loves you. And, um, you know, I, I uh, have said a number of times, I'm not a prophetess, so don't, I'm not giving you official prophecy. And prophecy does not, in its formal definition, does not mean necessarily um, foretelling the future. But it's forth-telling, it's preaching, it's speaking, it's teaching uh, the truth and the Word of God and so forth. So uh, there's some prophecy in this just as far as the teaching is correct. But um, as far as I can keep up with things, um, which is limited, we have an enormous amount of evil blanketing the world at an unprecedented rate and Um, what I wish to do with all my heart is to to beg everyone not get it to give into a mass M-A-S-S not the holy mass but a collective mentality Um, COVID did it it is so all the government needs to do to control us is to instill fear. They were extremely successful with the COVID situation. I even got, I sent out an email yesterday and got a, tons of responses. It was wonderful. <clears throat> and um, uh, But even from one good, faithful Catholic woman begging me to get 
the um, the vaccine. She said she's gotten the vaccine and the then the boosters, and she feels just fine. I pray that continues to be the case. Um, it, it it may or may not. I don't want to frighten anybody, but it it's a manufactured uh, pathogen. It's not even a vaccine, and it is designed to destroy the body, even if it takes two three years. So um, if you've had it and you're well, blessed be God forever. Um, but COVID was a human-created uh, pathogen to destroy, and the government, the evil people in power, um, including those at the top in the Vatican who are in sync with them, will not cease to destroy and come up with things that will destroy the world. This is not new. They're not coming up with things overnight. They've been doing this for uh, a thousand years, and the, especially the past hundred years. Um, the Vatican has asked everybody all over the world to take the money out of their banks and put it into the Vatican Bank so it would be safe. I want to tell you it will not be safe. Um, I cannot tell you what's coming upon us, not because I would keep a secret, because I, I really don't know. But um, whatever I read in the world is is bad. And what I want to beg you to do is, again, not give in to a mass, a group, a psychology or um, um, mentality. Uh, that's how Hitler took control. That's how every... Uh, grave evil in the world has taken control because they instill fear and people uh, stop thinking. They stop thinking for themselves. What is needed in this day is for the family to be so. That's what's needed above all. Think for yourself. um, Analyze. uh, Be logical. Live your faith. I've said a thousand times, get your children out of school or you will destroy them if they're not already destroyed. And public school for sure. Many Catholic schools, you have to know what your children are being taught. If they're being taught sex ed, get them out. If the school is involved in, in the, in the uh, gender ideology of any kind, Get them out of school. The school will not be ruining them. You will be ruining them by putting them into the fire. Get them out. And if you say, well, what are we supposed to do? Then I can't keep my job. Don't keep your job. Save your children. Your vocation is not to make money. Your vocation is to get your children to heaven. That and yourselves. That is your vocation. And what happened before there was money? What happened before there was the financial system we have today, uh, which is at the moment ruining us? Um, What happened? Uh, There was no money. What happened? People grew their own vegetables. They learned how to uh, cut down trees and build. They bartered. So somebody exchanged a cow for a machine or whatever they did. We go back to that. Do what you need to do to forget your living status, forget what anybody thinks of you, save your lives and your family. And if you think I'm an alarmist, I'm fine with that. I think we have no more time. Dr. Uh, Morcola has um, 
uh, written an article on the understanding of the psychology of the times, and it's called um, The Psychology of Totalitarianism. And this is what I'm saying, is grips the whole society and individual civilizations as it has in the past. And if we're not aware of it, beloved, it will grip us as well. Um, There's a disclaimer right at the beginning of this article that says it may reflect the opinion of the author, who is Professor Matthias Desmet, a Belgian psychologist with a master's degree in statistics. He gained worldwide recognition toward the end of 2021 when he presented the concept of mass formation as an explanation for the absurd and irrational behavior we were seeing with regard to the COVID pandemic and its countermeasures. He also warned that mass, M-A-S-S, group, civilization, mass formation, gives rise to totalitarianism, which is the topic of his new book, The Psychology of Totalitarianism. Desmet's work was further popularized popularized by Dr. Robert Malone, who spoke, by the way, um, at the 25th anniversary gala LifeSite News this past week. Um, His appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast, which I have not seen, was viewed by about 50 million people. As the search term mass formation exploded in popularity, Google responded, by manipulating the search engine results in an attempt to discredit Desmond and show people in their search results information that would cause them to discount the importance of this work. Why did they do that? Because Google is at the core of the global cabal and movement toward totalitarianism. And so Dr. Mercola says, understanding the psychology of the times is crucial. Uh, Those who refuse, just put in, if you want to read this entire article, which we will not get through today, um, just put in the title, um, let me see, uh, The Psychology, um, The Psychology of Totalitarianism, spelled just as it sounds, Totalitarianism. And uh, this is a statement many have heard before. Those who refuse to learn from history are bound to repeat it, they say. And this appears particularly pertinent in the present day because, as explained by Desmond, if we do not understand how mass formation occurs and what it leads to, we cannot prevent it. How did Desmond reach the conclusion that we were in the process of mass formation? I'll explain that and give you that answer as soon as we return from the break, beloved. You are welcome, dear ones, to call. And I've been gone for pretty much two weeks. We've run encores. I feel so badly about that. We are live now, and I don't see an encore coming up anytime in the future. Um, feel free to call in with anything on your heart. Our dear brother James's is on the scene, and he'll let me know if you call in. The toll-free number is one 877 
511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts. From planned gifts to employer matches, we even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please, consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the QCIP number of those shares. That's one 877 888-6279. Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, and I'm, I'm truly back with you. We're happy to be alive. This is not an encore. And again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. Uh, our dear brother James is with us, so if I'm going to continue with the article on the psychology of totalitarianism, um, it's extremely dangerous. We're already there. In my mind, the COVID um, pandemic, or as people have more correctly said, plandemic, um, was uh, an amazing example of how an entire civilization can be duped overnight and churches closed and all of that. Uh, it, it, it We're pawns and we cannot continue to be. And there are other plans in place uh, for such a thing, because in order to control the population and the the powers that be, the evil ones, uh, need to destroy a great part of the population in order to control it and 
eventually make us through auto, artificial intel- intelligence subhuman, inhuman. So um, um, we need to not give in to that fear and to that mentality. In the article I'm reading now um, <clears throat> uh, by Dr. Morcola, who speaks about um, uh, Dr. Desmet, um on the psychology of totalitarianism, um, let me just reread that last short uh, paragraph. It's, it's uh, two sentences. Those who refuse to learn from history are bound to repeat it, they say, and this appears particularly pertinent in the present day because as explained by Desmond, D-E-S-M-E-T, if we do not understand how mass formation occurs and what it leads to, we cannot prevent it. How did Desmond reach the conclusion that we were in the process now, beloved, of mass formation? He explains this. Quote, in the beginning of the coronavirus back in February 2020, I, Desmond says, I started to study the statistics on the mortality rates of the virus, the infection fatality rates, the case fatality rate, and so on. And immediately I got the impression, and with me several world-famous statisticians, statisticians such as John Ionotis of Stanford, for instance, that the statistics and mathematical models used dramatically overrated the danger of the virus. Immediately, I wrote an opinion paper trying to bring some of the mistakes to people's attention. But I noticed immediately that people just did not want to know. It was as if they didn't see even the most blatant mistakes of the le- at the level of the statistics that were used. People just were not capable of seeing it, end quote. This early experience made him decide to focus on the psychological mechanisms at play in society, and he became convinced that what we were seeing were in fact the effects of a large-scale process of mass formation, because the most salient characteristic of this psychological trend is that it makes people radically blind radically blind to everything that goes against the narrative they believe in. And I I told you earlier in the program, I got an email today from a dear woman who has, we've been in touch for years, and she's um, chastising me for speaking against the vaccine. Still, still blind to all the news, to all that's happened, to all that's been said, to all the deaths. Many more people have died who have gotten the vaccine than have died from the disease itself. They basically become, the article says, incapable of distancing themselves from their beliefs and therefore cannot take in or evaluate new data. Desmet continues, quote, Another very specific characteristic is that this process of mass formation makes people willing to radically sacrifice everything that is not important to them, even their health, their wealth, the health of their children, the future of their children. That's what's happening, dear ones. We're sacrificing our very lives to 
willingly become completely blind to reality. I don't know what's happened in the church. I cannot speak for the the evil perpetrated by priests and bishops and cardinals shutting down the Mass, which they have no right or power to do. As Cardinal Raymond Burke said, this is not a human law, it's a divine law, and no bishop has any power to negate the Mass or the sacraments. No one has that power. Sunday is an obligation. No one has that right. Now, whether they've been blinded, whether they've been taken over by the evil one, whether they've lost their faith, whether they don't know their faith, whether they're a victim of mass formation because they've stopped thinking, I have no idea. I have no idea. But um, I would beg every priest, every bishop, every cardinal, every prelate, every seminarian listening to not give in to the evil of this day. You are shepherds. We desperately need you to lead and protect the sheep. Desmet continues, when someone is in the grip of a process of mass formation, he becomes radically willing to sacrifice all his individual interest. You know, we just heard, many of us heard the story of, uh, I can't think of, Leboeuf, is it? La, uh, the, the, uh, the actor who was leading a very um, uh, atheistic, uh, evil, uh, sinful, I should say, life, and he was um, um, recruited uh, to play Padre Pio in the new film that's just coming out. It's going to be, I think, debuting next month, the September 12th, or something like that. Um, and in order to play the part, he had to get to know the life of Padre Pio, and so he spent a lot of time with the Capuchins. And seeing the life of true Catholics, he didn't watch a film, he didn't go to a conference, he wasn't evangelized, zero, zero, zero. He just saw what it is to be a Catholic. He saw the life of true Catholics and he went to the Latin Mass and completely converted. In fact, I haven't seen the interview that Bishop Barron did with him, but they were talking the difference between the Novus Ordo and the Latin Mass and he said of the Novus Ordo he felt like someone was trying to sell him a car. The Latin Mass is the beauty of it converted him. The reverence, the beauty, the otherworldness converted him. And when he became Catholic, which is just very recently, he indeed said it was the pearl of great price worth giving everything for. And he has. And he has. And Desmet says of mass totalitarianism, when someone is in the grip of a process of mass formation, he becomes radically willing to sacrifice all his individual interest. Beloved, that should be our story as Christians, as Catholics, as the Christian, the first Christians, the ones who have the fullness of all of the grace this side of heaven. We should be willing. We should not be willing, radically willing. We should be radically desirous of sacrificing every single thing for the pearl of great price. 
Instead, we wind up sacrificing every single thing just to live on earth physically a few years longer, which doesn't mean a thing for our eternity. Desmond said a third characteristic, to name only a few, is that once people are in the grip of a process of mass formation, they typically show a tendency of cruelty towards people who do not buy into the narrative, who do not go along with the narrative. They typically do so as if it's an ethical duty. That's cut people have come against me for not simply speaking against the vaccine, but for not taking it. When we were still in Kansas, I had a medical emergency and I went into the clinic and the doctor was wearing a mask and I had to wear a mask and he asked me if I had the vaccine and I said no. And he said, it's like people like you that I have to wear this mask. And I wanted to say, what do you mean people like me? Why should you have to wear the mask? You had the vaccine. You see, I've, I've been talked against by so-called friends and all of this. That I could, I'm selfish. I could care less for others because I don't have the vaccine. People have been duped. They've been blinded. <clears throat> And Desmond says, in the end, they are typically inclined first to stigmatize and then to eliminate, to destroy the people who do not go along with the masses. And that's happening. That's happening. People have been beaten up and, and ostracized. Um, and yes, stigmatized, of course, for not taking the vaccine. I know one young father with, one, with a little baby, and the, his wife and his in-laws will not let him in the house or to touch that baby without a mask. Unbelievable, because they all took the vaccine and he did not. It's Twilight Zone. Desmond goes on to say, that is why it's so extremely important to understand the psychological mechanisms at work, because if you understand the mechanisms at work, you can avoid the mass formation to become so deep that people reach this critical point in which they really are fanatically convinced that they should destroy everyone that does not go along with them. So it is extremely important to understand the mechanism, for if you understand it, you can make sure that the crowd, the mass, will first destroy itself or will exhaust itself before it starts to destroy the people that do not go along with the mass. So it is of crucial, hold on, <clears throat> it is of crucial importance, and that is why my book, Desmond says, that is what my book describes. It does, and the title of the book is The Psychology of Totalitarianism. It describes how a mass, a crowd, emerges in a society under which conditions it emerges, what the mechanisms of the process of mass formation are, and what you can do about it. That is extremely important. I will mention this from the beginning. Beloved, there's the break, the music for our second break, and... Um, I'm going to finish this one comment from Desmond when we return, and then I will take your calls and your emails. The toll-free number, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at 
thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Join the Station of the Cross every Saturday morning at 9 after the 8 a.m. Holy Mass and Sunday afternoons at 2 for a teaching episode on the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You'll learn the essential and fundamental content of our Catholic faith and morals in a complete and concise way with clarity and charity. That's Saturday mornings at 9 and Sunday afternoons at 2 here on the Station of the Cross, Catholic Media Network, and the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. This is kind of the playbook of how the culture has been so decimated and destroyed. I think the most important thing is to just recognize how much we have been manipulated. You know, I've come to see anytime Christianity and Judaism are weak, the occult just fills in. It's like the jungle. You know, the weeds just come in and that's what fills the gaps. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father and that its purpose is to sanctify each day in the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened, we are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the Church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814 676 1910. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and I will take your calls and your emails. We have um, two um, waiting on the line, I think, Jim and Julie, but uh, I just want to finish one little uh, quote from um, um, from Desmet, who wrote The uh, Psychology of Totalitarianism, and he's warning us that this system of mass... Um, destruction, the destruction of civilization uh, is upon us. And he says his book that he wrote, Psychology of Totalitarianism, is of crucial importance. He said it describes how a mass, that is a crowd, emerges in a society under which conditions it emerges, what the mechanisms of the process of mass formation are, and what you can do about it. It's extremely important. And finally, he says, usually it is impossible to wake up the masses. You see, beloved, it is critical thinking is so crucial. Think with your family. Protect your family. Um, 
do not give in to fear. Do not follow the government. Do not follow even much coming out of the Vatican. Uh, everyone is in cahoots here. You think that I'm a, what do you call it, uh, you know, cry wolf? No. This is real and it's upon us. <clears throat> That's why Desmond said, usually it is impossible to wake up the masses. Once a process of mass formation emerges in a society, it is extremely difficult to wake the masses up. But waking them up is important because you can avoid the masses and their leaders becoming so fanatically convinced of their narrative that they start to destroy the people who do not go along with them. They may have, in the, in the beginning, uh, con, con, uh, conjured up this plot to control world population, to kill off a third of it or whatever their plan is, but they're so far into it they believe it. And if you don't, you need to be destroyed. Um, Indeed, to those of us who did not fall under the spell of the irrational COVID narrative, the cruelty with which political leadership, media, and people at large tried to force compliance was shockingly abhorrent. Many were physically attacked, and some even killed, simply for not wearing a face mask, which we knew was a useless prevention strategy. Okay, dear ones, I will, um, I will continue with this tomorrow, but I'm going to go to your calls and your emails. Um, and so feel free, dearest, to call in at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. How are we doing, James? We have a couple callers on the line, Mother. Should we go to those first? Yes, thanks. Okay, very good. So first up is Jim in Pennsylvania. Jim, thanks so much for holding on the line with us here through the last segment, and go ahead with your question for Mother. Hi, Jim. Good morning, Mother. Good morning, dear one. Uh, the question I have for you this morning is I was listening to a, a broadcast last night or yesterday. It was in Spanish, so but the gist of it was that if we make a bad... if we go to confession and make a bad confession or are not really contrite or not uh, desirous of making amendments, that's worse. That, that's, the devil loves that. He does. He can land you in hell. That's right. Uh, yeah. So I do that quite a bit. Sometimes on account of uh, our lady Fatima who says we should go to confession at least once a month or we have to to, to, to complete her first Saturday's requirement. And sometimes I really don't have much to confess and I don't have an attitude of contrition. And I, you know, I might confess something like I overate, but I, uh, I don't, I, I, it's deep in my heart, I don't, I don't, you know, have an attitude of making amendments. Do you love God, Jim? Yeah, I do. Good. And do you know that any sin, a venial, and certainly if it's mortal, um, uh, is a, an offense to God? I understand that. Okay, and you believe it, right? Yeah. I want to tell you, my point is that you're in better shape than you think you are. 
don't worry about your emotions. Don't worry about how you feel. There are times that we have deep contrition, or as Apostle Paul says, godly sorrow. That is a grace from God. We cannot stir up emotions. Don't worry about it. If you think, if you believe you have sinned, whatever it is, however venial, um, eating too much is not necessarily a sin. Gluttony certainly is a sin. But if you think that you're, you know, you're a little out of control that way, you're, you're welcome to confess that. You don't have to feel sorrowful or deeply contrite. But if you think you've offended God in something, you are right to confess that and just say to the priest, you know, I do, I've done this, I'm not uh, deeply sorrowful for it, but I know it offends God, I don't want to offend him, and you, and you confess it. It's 100% fine. And here's another point, Jim. Um, <clears throat> we may not know it when we say we don't have much to confess. To begin with, we don't have to have much, we just have to have one thing. That's it just one. But the fact is, Jim, we're sinners, all of us. We sin every single day. We don't know it. The closer we get to God, the more we see ourselves. Uh, you know, the, there's an illustration, I hate, I hate it, but I'm going to say it, of roaches. I, I just, um, I, 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 my worst nightmare uh, when you, if there's roaches in a house, which I grew up in New York, and New York is, they just, there's more roaches than people. And so they just live in the buildings. If you live in New York and you're in an apartment, you've got them, end of story. And, and when the lights are out, they're all over the place. As soon as you put a light on, they scatter and they hide. And it's a little bit that way with our sin. As soon as we shine the light of God on our heart, on our soul, the brighter the light is, the closer we get to God, the more we see our sin against him. And that doesn't mean you're a horrible, great sinner um, and you don't see all your sins, but it is to say that we do sin and offend God uh, a great deal of the time, even if we don't know it. When I go to confession... I say that to the priest. I confess whatever I know to confess. And then I say, and it's pretty normal for anyone to say, and for all my other sins that I'm not aware of or that I don't know, I'm sorry for them also. Um, the sacrificial, this is very important, the sacrificial system that God put in place for Israel with Aaron, Moses' brother, as the high priest, the highest holy day, of the Jewish year, of the Hebrew year, is Yom Kippur. In, in Yom Kippur is Hebrew for the day of covering, Yom Day Kippur covering. It is the day that God covered the sins of his people, and he covered them through the high priest going into the Holy of Holies and, and sacrificing the blood of lambs. And, of course, those dead animals couldn't pay for anyone's sins. But God covered them in light of the Lamb of God to come, who took away the sins of the world, past, present, and future. God needed us to know that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And so once a year, Aaron, the high priest, would go into the Holy of Holies, and he would offer sacrifices for the sins of the entire nation. But Jim... He offered 
only for unintentional sins, for the entire nation, for all the sins the people were unaware of. It was the highest holy day of the year. The most important sacrifice of the entire year was for the unintentional sins of the people. For intentional sins, they need to offer they needed to offer their own sacrifices to the priest. Just like we go to the priest for confession. They had to offer the blood of bulls and goats and lambs. But it didn't cover all their in- unintentional sacrifices. So the lamb of God does that. So even if we don't think we sin much or we can't even think of a sin we've done, And there are people who don't sin much. This is true. There are people who simply don't sin much, and you may be one of them. But it's not possible that we are free of sin at all. And even even though we are um, filled with the grace of God and frequent the sacraments, there's some sin in us. There's something impure. We are not yet totally sanctified. We're in the process of being sanctified. So, Jim, dear, I would say... Don't worry about your emotions. You're not offending God by going to confession. You're honoring God and Our Lady by trying to keep the first um, uh, Saturdays by going to confession monthly and just go to the priest and say, Father, I want to honor God by going to confession and Our Lady uh, once a month. I cannot think of any sins that I have. I, I want to. I ask God to show them to me. I may, I may, I ate a little too much maybe three days ago. I don't know if that's I sh- a sin, if I should confess it. I do confess it, if that was, you know, a little out of control and offended God. But I don't know what my sins are, but I know that he's holy, and I know that I'm not. And I am sorry for any and all sins I have committed uh, to offend the holiness of God. You think you think going once a week, like Padre Pio says, we should go once a week to yep. dust off that venial sin? You think that's too much? No, I don't. Pa, uh, pa, uh, John Paul II went every single day. Every single day he went to confession. And if Padre Pio says once a week, uh, that's a pretty good thing. And you could it go once a week with the same, uh, um, the same message. Uh, Father, I, 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 you know, you're, you're speaking to a human priest, but you're speaking to the high priest, God. And when the priest, when the human priest says, I absolve you, he doesn't say that. Only God can forgive sins, and he's chosen to forgive them through the altar Christus, the other Christ, who he has ordained to be his priest on earth. And when the priest says, I absolve you, it's Christ the high priest saying through the human priest, I absolve you. You're speaking to God in that confessional. Don't worry about the human priest. If he gets impatient with you, as some priests do, who, who are... Um, poor about their priesthood if they say there are priests that have hollered at people for coming for venial sin they said i don't want to see you unless it's mortal those priests should not be priests every priest should receive you as christ receives you and if a priest gets impatient or says anything just just say to him father 
uh, I think you need to renew your priesthood and you go to another priest for confession. But weekly is just fine. You can say the same thing, Jim, weekly as you say monthly and say, Father, I don't want this to be mechanical. I don't want it to be insincere. I don't, I don't know what my sins are. I don't have a heart of contrition for them. But I love God and I know that I'm a sinner and I want to say I'm sorry to him every week for any way that I may have offended them. And I ask his forgiveness and let him forgive you through that priest. All right, thank you, Mother Mary. All right, don't worry about your, your, um, your feelings, Jim. You're not being insincere if that's your intention. Don't worry about that. And you go as often as the Holy Spirit leads you to go. All right, God bless you. I know we still have another caller, uh, James, and we'll be back right after this break. And again, our toll-free number is one 511 5483 the actions of these two influential Jewish leaders give us insight into the charismatic power of Jesus and his teachings and the risks that could be involved in following him. Joseph was a respected, wealthy civic leader who had become a disciple of Jesus. Following the death of Jesus, Joseph obtained Jesus' body from Pilate, wrapped it in fine linen, and buried it. For these reasons, Joseph is considered the patron saint of funeral directors and pallbearers. More important is the courage Joseph showed in asking Pilate for Jesus' body. Jesus was a condemned criminal who had been publicly executed. According to some legends, Joseph was punished and imprisoned for such a bold act. Nicodemus was a Pharisee and, like Joseph, an important first-century Jew. We know from John's Gospel that Nicodemus went to Jesus at night, secretly, to better understand his teachings about the kingdom. Later, Nicodemus spoke up for Jesus at the time of his arrest and later assisted in Jesus' burial. We know little else about Nicodemus. The men whose feasts we celebrate today were rewarded for their struggle to understand and embrace the words of Jesus. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We've got 10 minutes and still time, if you wish, for you to call in at toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. James, uh, who is our second caller? So we'll go now to Julie in Virginia. Julie, thank you so much for being patient and holding on the line, and welcome to the show. Hi, Julie. Thank you. Hi, Mother. Um, I heard that you had a sore throat, so I'm so glad that you're doing better now. Oh, it was pretty severe strep. It's amazing. But yes, I'm doing so much better, Julie. And thank you. And thank all of you who prayed. Thank you so much. Well, I'm really happy that you're better. And um, thank you so much. I just want to say that your show is shining the light of God on earth. So we Mm. appreciate it. Blessed be God, Julie. Thank you. Well, my question is, um, I'm a convert, and my mother is very anti-Catholic, Aww. and yes, and she's she and others are um, very off-put by people who aren't Catholic being unable to receive the Eucharist in Mass, mm-hmm. and her argument is that she thinks that Jesus is, is so generous that he would never deny his body to anyone. So how can we explain to Protestants or anti-Catholics that the Eucharist isn't to be freely consumed? It is because it is an act of charity. Uh, Jesus would not freely give his body to anyone, by the way. When he was on earth, he wouldn't freely give it to people who didn't believe, to those filled with the devil. To the Pharisees, he said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. He would not um, uh, give his body to unbelievers. Um, And the reason the Catholic Church uh, does not give communion to non-Catholics is primarily two. Number one, it's called communion because that's what it is. A Protestant or any non-Catholic, is not in communion with the Catholic Church. They do not believe what the Catholic Church teaches. They do not believe it is truly his body and blood. Otherwise, they wouldn't be Protestant. They would come into the Catholic Church. Um, And if they say they're Protestant and they always believe it's his body and blood in the Protestant Church, they don't understand that it's not his body and blood. It's mere wheat and water um, outside the Catholic Church. And so um, you tell your family, dear Julie, that the Catholic Church is concerned with protecting the communicant, that one does not commit a lie by receiving the Eucharist when they are not, by receiving communion when they are not in communion, by receiving what they do not believe. In the Protestant Church, they believe that what they call communion is merely symbolic. It is not symbolic. Bread and water become God at the words of the consecration of the priest. Just as at the Last Supper, Jesus said, St. Augustine, when he picked up matzah, the unleavened bread of the Passover table, and put it in his hand and said, this is my body, bread obeyed. And St. Augustine said, our Lord held himself in his own hands, bread obeyed and became God. Just as he said, uh, 
this uh, let there be light and there was he creates by his word and when the priest holds up bread and water and says over the priest um, rather over that little wafer this is my body the priest doesn't say it the high priest Christ says it through the instrumentality of the human priest and bread becomes God just and wine becomes his blood and bread becomes his body they both become his body and blood just as happened at the last supper and so you need to tell your family dear julie that the church wants to protect them in integrity from committing a lie they are not in communion and therefore they are telling a lie by receiving communion the second and more important thing is the sanctity the holiness of the sacrament itself uh, which is not ever to be given to non-believers, ever. That is truly Christ. And in order to receive our Lord, you must be in the Catholic Church, and you must be in a state of grace. We don't make up our own rules. That is what God has said. Um, and you tell your family that the Catholic Church is not run by a bunch of people who determine these things. This is God's church. It is his body and blood to be received only by those who believe. And only those who believe are in the Catholic Church and in a state of grace. So to protect the holiness of the sacrament, which is number one, and to protect the um, uh, communicate himself from committing a lie, that is why. And in fact, when Catholics go to a Protestant church, they may not receive Protestant communion because they would be receiving what's symbolic and they would be committing a lie. So they may not receive in a Protestant church either, not even to um, um, make amends with their family. We may not put any human being above God. Julie, dear one, are you still there? Yes, thank you, Mother. That was a great explanation and um and I appreciate that. I, I liked how you brought okay. in that Jesus said woe to the Pharisees because, um, you know, nowadays people think that Jesus was just some hippie who gave yeah. people whatever they wanted and just who was nice. No but, way. Um, he, he wasn't. He, he had morals just like we need to. And he said to the Jews in John chapter 5 and, and John chapter 8, if you, if you don't believe I am he, you will die in your sins. Very strong. Okay, yes, Julie, God bless great. you. God bless God you, bless sweetheart. You too, Mother. And um, one more thing is that I agree with, with what you say when you say that um, we've never had such evil in the world and yeah. um, that things are, are just deteriorating so fast. I mean, the majority of women from age 18 to 26 are LGBTQ. Oh. And how, how can we... How can we reconcile that? How can we mass blindness? Mass blindness. That's a, a civilization that has been completely duped and has no longer can think for themselves. It's it's awful. It, it's tragic. But um, yeah. one light is that Shia LaBeouf just converted to the faith in his um, movie in which Padre he's Pio. playing Padre yeah. Pio. Yeah. So um, his testimony is, is quite astounding. It's fantastic. I mentioned it earlier in the program, and um, and and it's uh, a call for all of us 
to truly live our faith, as I often say, as if it's true, because it is true. Live your faith without compromise. That's how we'll convert the world. That's what the Apostle Paul says. How do we convert Jewish people? By living our faith, we make them jealous because they see the truth, um, a contradiction to this evil society and people that are willing to live it at any cost. Thanks, Julie. God bless you, dear one. James, do we have another caller on the line? We do, but I'm going to have to ask them to call back tomorrow because you're about to hear our uh, end of the show music start here in about one second. So, Oh, dear ones, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, all right. I'm so sorry for that. Um, uh, but um, do call back tomorrow. By God's grace, we'll be here, and, and you'll be the first caller, I pray. Um, God bless you. Uh, my only message to you is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Put nothing before Him. Put nothing before the honor of the Holy Eucharist. Put nothing before the Mass, the highest prayer on earth. And secondly, nothing before your family. Love your husband. Love your wife. Save your children for eternity. Nothing else matters. God bless you and we'll speak with you tomorrow.